On this week's Sonic Talk, the Moog Google Doodle, a giant piano for native instruments, the Leap Gesture Controller for the PC, and what should Korg or anyone make next? Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha. Check out the O1V96i VCM-powered compact digital console with 16 I.O. USB audio interface as standard and ADAT I.O. 2. And by Mac Pro Video. Save 20% on any tutorials by visiting sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 268, not 266, as it says below me. Um, I just didn't get time to change it. I've been a bit slapdash today because the sun is out. The sun is shining. In fact, I've spent the last half hour wandering around my, uh, the estate where we are uh, in the new office and uh, met some very interesting people, so I'm quite happy that I did. Um, might get some new drapes, and there's a rehearsal guy around the corner, literally uh, almost probably 20 metres of Ethernet cable away. So fantastic, uh, fantastic. Anyway, um, want to say thank you very much for everybody joining me. have got a lot of people in the chat room today. I don't know what they're all doing. It's a lovely sunny day. Why aren't you outside having fun? <laughs> that must be a testament to the power of my guests. You know, I will just bring them up here. I'm not going to do any fancy switching. I'm going to start off with Dave Spears there from GeForceSoftware.com. Dave is uh, sitting there. You look like you've got your T-shirt on. Must be kind of hot where you are. Because I remember your room gets really hot, doesn't it? Is it hot? Yeah, I've I've been in here about fifteen minutes. I drove. We drove back from a very sunny Sheffield this morning, having done a music tech conference there yesterday, which was quite entertaining. Excellent. Oh but, yes, I remember you saying about this. How uh, um, did you? Can you tell us a little bit about that later on when I've introduced the rest? Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. Thank you very much. And also, we've got Mr. Mark Tinley. Uh, likebeing.com Mark's with us again second week running we must be doing something right how are you Mark? I'm alright good glad to hear it I'm going to see if I can get that switch because I I remember why I do it now I meant to say something interesting now aren't I? Um, I couldn't believe that I rang you up this morning to tell you about that exciting topic that I'd found and I was so excited by one of the other topics that I completely missed that one so ah. I I hadn't seen it in the show notes and you mean I got this topic? really excited about the other oh, thing. Not that topic, this topic. Mm. Uh, yeah, that topic. I oh. rang Nick up this morning for anyone that's listening to tell him about that. And he said, yeah, it was in the show notes. And I'm like, oh, but there's something even more exciting than that to talk about today. So there you go. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, we'll You're go right. over to uh, Rich Hilton there as well. Who's uh, in? You're back from travels, are you, Rich, I think? Yep, back home. And it been anywhere nice? <laughs> Yeah, I was in Curacao um, last Wednesday and Thursday. Cura, where is that? And is that... then I was in Texas on Friday and back home Saturday night. Wow. So you mean, where is Curacao? Is it in Mexico? No, Curacao is an island off the top of South America. Wow. That is uh, exotic. Very close by Venezuela. I believe it's 35 miles by water. Right. Uh, to, to Venezuela. It sounds like, uh, did you meet anyone who said, I own a small island off the coast of Costa Rica in a dodgy <laughs> Scottish accent and, and asked to show you some dinosaurs? 
<laughs> no, but I did meet a guy who looks very much like Attenborough, the guy who played him. Wow. In the movie. What are the chances you know, of that, eh? What a coincidence. No, I, did, I, he, I met a guy on the plane, sat next to him on the plane, who very much resembled that guy and made me think of that. Excellent. That is, well, as, as you would do, your thoughts when you're going to a small island off the coast of any large landmass anywhere near South Americas, you must, your thoughts must turn to, uh, um, what is the name of that film? I can't even remember. Jurassic Park. Yes, of course. Yeah. Excellent. They should show it mandatory on every flight to small islands off the coast of large um, uh, South American landmasses. Just, <laughs> just for the hell of it. Anyway, I am rambling. The heat's got to me. But uh, I want to say thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And uh, uh, I'm wondering whether or not we should skip first to uh, the kind of big news of the, of the week. Uh, or, or perhaps, Dave, well, let's do, let's do the Moog thing first, Dave, and then perhaps you can tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fine. Brilliant. Right. Well, so now this is the news that I was thinking of. This is, uh, this is the front page of Google, which uh, it actually came around the world. Um, I got some excited emails from my friends in uh, Australia who said, oh, it's up, it's up, because obviously they're 10 hours ahead. And what this is is a fully working though not particularly inspiringly programmed by me, sort of three oscillator synthesizer on the front page of um, all of Google. And the reason it's there is because uh, it's Bob Moog's birthday. Uh, he would have been 78 today. Uh, sadly, he's no longer with us. But I just think that is absolutely awesome. I mean, that has got to be a testament to being somebody completely brilliant and influential to make it on the front of Google as a doodle. And this is such a cool doodle. It's a little four-track um, recorder with it. Do you want to hear what terrible mess I made out of, uh, out of this one? This is I'm, I'm going to turn myself off, so I'm just going to play it. Yeah, do it. Let's hear it. Oh, that's terrible. It's so hard to play in time uh, just using my keyboard. But this whole thing is programmed. It's, it's not Flash or anything, but it's just it's an absolutely amazing little thing. Has anyone else had a chance to play that? I know, Mark, you were pretty excited with it, so I think you better go first. I just think it's cool. I, uh, I like the fact that you can grab all the controls and move them around, although I can't always remember where. Hang on a minute. Why have I got no head? I'm just figuring. I'm just going to work it out, Mark. I'm just, <laughs> just, you carry on talking, and I will see if I can get you to be. Uh, uh... I, mean, I just love it that it's programmable and that it's just on the internet and that you can just kind of make music. And then it kind of, in, in a sense, it um, shows people quite. Uh, how hard, you know, people that don't know anything about it, how hard it is to actually program sounds in a synth like that and um, kind of put something meaningful together. So I kind of quite like the idea that it shows people who aren't in our world a little bit about what we do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And not only that, it's an f- absolute masterpiece of programming considering it's yeah. in the web browser, right? Yeah, yeah. It just shows where computers are going to next, I guess. So, uh, Mark, did you uh, do anything? Have you got anything you care to share with us? <laughs> or what, was your attempt, were your attempts yeah. as bad as mine? <laughs> much worse. Oh, wow. I, I'm sure someone... You're a maestro compared to where I got... <laughs> ah, brilliant. That, awesome stuff. I couldn't though. get... After I recorded something on the first track, I couldn't get anything in time with it on the second track so it, I couldn't seem to <laughs> play it. I mean I must have lots of latency in my browser or something I think 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's struggling to work on mine. If I go, if I go back, I mean, it's kind of cool. This thing, uh, if I, no, that's it. No, that's the one I want. It's that one. But uh, I can play it. F- I'm, God, that's terribly out of tune, isn't it? Hold on, be all right in a minute. But you've got three oscillators. Let's get it down a little bit. Three oscillators. I'm not quite sure what the filter settings are exactly, and I just—it's pretty cool. Dave Spears, you must be as a as a um, someone involved in soft synth, you must be thinking, "God, that's neat," or is it uh, just a an unwanted distraction, or uh, are you completely unaware, in fact, of of it? It's weird. People started. I think I was on probably on the same situation as you, and that people just started posting me these links yesterday, late last night. So they'd obviously come from various places around the globe. And uh, at first I was like, yeah, yeah, so it's a logo, you know, it's Bob's birthday and it's a logo. And obviously I just spoke a lot about Bob yesterday and uh, didn't really pay any attention. And I was kind of lying in bed last night, checking a few things on the laptop and thought, oh, yeah, why is all this mail coming in? And then I started mucking about with it and I was like, wow, it works. Yeah. And I love, I mean, actually what Mark said is 100% correct, but what I really, really love is the transient nature of this, that it's here and at some point it won't be. Well, yes, I, I can I can shed some light on that in a little while, actually, because it's not strictly true. There is a way uh-huh. to get hold of them, of previous ones. Um, Rich Hilton, um, if you don't mind, while you're while you're there, I'm going to be uh, fiddling with your uh, coordinates, but uh, just carry on speaking. You get a chance to play this. A pretty cool idea, isn't it? Loved it, absolutely loved it, and uh, everything that my friends here have said is pretty much what I was thinking about it and um, enjoyed playing with it and uh, got a hang of the controls. There's actually a video, uh, like a five-minute instructional video by one of the heads of engineering at Moog where he sits and talks you through the various knobs and what they're doing and uh, you actually can start to program the thing and it was fun. That is something that I wish I had got to before I'd uh, embarrassed myself quite so <laughs> wholeheartedly there. Um, but I would like to say um, you can go. I haven't got it set up. I pro- oh, no, I can I can probably go. Google, we go here. If you go to uh, Google, no, wrong button. Come on, Nick, get it together. Google.com slash doodles. There is an archive, and here are all the previous... Do- um, Google's uh, oh God, doodles and you can search because the, the same guys who did this also did the Les Paul one so if I search there there is the Les Paul one uh, as well which uh, has the same same deal so you will be able to get hold of it actually and it's nice to know that it's not going to be gone forever because uh, you can also share with uh, <laughs> Google Plus or links to the to the stuff I mean all that work I mean basically I, I should probably tell you a little bit about oops I'm playing my I'm playing my doodle without meaning to I don't know if I'll come back here uh, let me just quickly find my uh, yeah it was created by the guys who made the Les Paul doodle uh, as an homage to what they call the Prince of Nerds <laughs> which I think is <laughs> I'm not sure if that's strictly true but I will we'll let that go um uh, and it's just a great idea. It apparently took them four months because at Google you get this 20% of your time you can do your own stuff in. So you could work on stuff outside of Google. And these, these two guys, I've, I, sh- I did have their names written down, but I've, they've obviously got uh, fallen off my notes. Uh, and they spent their four months of their 20% time putting this together. Which is, and the idea that it's there for just one day is kind of pretty cosmic, really. I quite like that. I agree. There's sort of nebulous side of it. But you can get to it again. Cool. 
So does it, do you think, I mean, you know, we've talked about stuff in the browser before, Dave. Do you think this is, uh, I mean, obviously the brains at Google are probably the, the most accomplished at, you know, what to do in the browser. Do you think there's, um, there's anything that, that can be uh, learned from this or is it really not? Uh... It's a cool doodle. <laughs> that's all, that's about all I know, you know. I mean, that's really, I just kind of try and see it for what it is. And I'm sure, you know, things are obviously kind of heading this way ultimately, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're heading somewhere else. Who knows? Just go with the flow. Well, that's a fair point. I think you're probably right. I, I think <laughs> so. Um, am I sensing a sen- uh, some kind of uh, have you have you come back from this conference that you've been at sort of in a slightly zen state of mind by any chance? Slightly inebriate. Uh, no, slightly, uh, yes. Kind of. I don't know. It was good. It was really good fun. It was. Uh, so what was it? it? Was, Tell us what it was before. Before. Uh... Uh, it was set up by a guy who works for us occasionally called Duncan Parsons, who is a musician and a programmer, and he uh, is a drummer yep. and a programmer. And he invited us, Chris himself, to go and give a talk on ourselves, which I didn't really want to do. So I kind of did this whole history of synthesis thing with all of these kind of parallel things going on, uh, right from modular stuff through the string machines and the tape-playing instruments and then polyphonic stuff. And then a fantastic bunch of guys who we've worked on and off with for years and years, iMonster, and they're from Sheffield, and we've never met, but they're just amazing blokes. And it was one of those moments where you kind of, we've worked with them on and off, for, I don't know, five years, they've been really cool with us. And there was this moment where it's like, okay, so now we're going to meet these guys. So this could go either way. And I'm pleased to say it went the best way possible because we both came away going, yeah, supremely cool. And then the final talker was uh, Bill Bruford. Ah, the the, the legendary drummer or non-drummer. Because that's right, you were saying, wasn't it? He was booked to do the show and they were thinking maybe he'd demonstrate something. And then he didn't he say, actually, I don't play drums anymore. Yeah, I think that was kind of reasonably evident. I think, obviously, he just had to make that very plain from the word go. But it's brilliant because, you know, both Chris and I would worked with Bill in the past. Uh, Bizarrely, my daughter is 16 tomorrow, and the last time I worked with Bill, my wife was heavily pregnant. So we were kind of like, wow, hasn't time flown? And Chris worked with him in about 1989 for a couple of years. So it was like, wow, there was a lot of catching up to do. So we had a really good breakfast this morning. And then we headed back home. But we went to an Indian last night. So believe me, the car was a mess by the time <laughs> we got out. But I tell you... And you I haven't got any windows you can open in your office, have you? Well, no, things are better now. <laughs> but it was, my Rich, talk was really funny. I'm just going to show you what Rich... Rich was holding his head in his hand there. Just kind of, <laughs> too much information, perhaps, there, Dave. Yeah, there was this... Well, there was a moment where we were in the lift and it was like, OK, in fact... Yes, the lift was going to the floor. We didn't know this, but Bill, it was going up to Bill's floor and actually Bill got in and there was this moment where Chris and I looked at each other and thought, we could do something really appalling and just get out of the lift and close the doors and send it down. Oh, my switching's gone all But it was quite entertaining. It was a really good talk and I had a lot of fun. I I will say that I think I did the only music, uh, synthesis, history and technology talk that I, where anyone has managed to squeeze the words camel toes into it. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I want to know the context. For... It was just an album cover, you know, like ah, an Optic okay. album cover. And it was like, these guys were great because they would do these kind of very 70s-esque album covers and yes, would even show camel toes. And there was this kind of, some, <laughs> some people laughed. 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder how. Uh, that's an interesting. Uh, I think it's a it's a pretty um, international term, isn't it? <laughs> For, I think so. Yeah, for, yeah. A few people came up afterwards and said that was really interesting, especially the bit about the camel toes. In fact, that's, one of them was Steve Hackett's brother. Bizarrely, that's quite weird, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um, I'm moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> my uh, yeah. Oh, no, I think my switch is going to work here. Right. Uh, let me have a look. Uh, oh yeah, this has got to be something that. Uh, this, that no, I'm going to play this because this is just bonkers. Hope I got the right video. Okay. Now I should probably talk over this because uh, when I played the introduction to the uh, Google Hangouts last week, Google contacted me and said that I might have copyrighted material in my podcast. <laughs> so I decided that I ought to perhaps uh, uh, mask it somewhat because I don't want to get nobbled for any of that sort of nonsense again. Right, this is. Uh, this is the news of the uh, Native Instruments Giant Piano, and I think, or The Giant it's called. And uh, so what, you might think. What is it, just another sample library? And you might well be, you might consider it might be, you know, but there's something really special about this, and I'm going to, you just need to hold your breath here and just take a look at, this is the piano here, which I'm just going to show. There it is. And I think you might be able to see that, um, if I can zoom that in, I might be able to. Let's see, uh, view, uh, zoom in. Yeah, we'll have that bit more of that that piano is actually 12 feet tall and you have to have a special you know the soundboard is built into the wall that going down underneath what that bloke's sitting on is the soundboard. it's an upright piano with a with like a grand piano massive grand piano bass on it it's just a sort of bonkers idea i mean that's, doesn't that look like the sort of thing that um that you'd want to have in your house i know rich you're a pianist i mean i'm sure you can you can you maybe fit that in your den? Possibly is that going to be going in there anytime soon? Oh, I'd build. I'd build to accommodate that thing. I can't imagine. Oh, sure. I can't deliver imagine. it to my door, please. I can't I'll imagine find a it place would be for it. I guarantee yeah, it's it. got to be pretty expensive, right? I'll I'm... cut holes <laughs> <laughs> wherever they need to be cut, right? <laughs> I was really impressed with the sound of the demos. Were you? Really I couldn't because I, I all I could really put I couldn't tell because it just sounded I wasn't sure whether the attack was down to the processing or whether it was the just the beef of the sound because I was thinking I was expecting something weirder I suppose. Well, it's very unique sounding. It doesn't sound to me like the grand piano samples, and it also doesn't sound really like the upright piano samples that I like that I've heard. It so, has the bite of the uprights, doesn't it? Maybe. It's an interesting hybrid piano texture, but it's real. It really sounds like strings. It's gr- I loved it. <laughs> I think it's great. I don't know how much use I have for it, but I love the whole idea of it. I like the guy who the idea of the guy who built it. I like the idea that they wanted to sample it and offer it as an instrument and its uniqueness. And I like the idea that maybe in our culture, this is one of the ways we get to share these kinds of odd one-off instruments that we might not otherwise get to be in a room with and see. I imagine playing it for real has got to be a very uh, powerful experience. I mean, it's got, it look, I mean, the way that it's set up, I mean, it looks like one of those... Uh, it looks like you're in the, uh, the gantry of the... Um, uh, it's like an organ, isn't it? It's like, a, like you get the... What do they call that in the church? It's the, where the organ is. There's a 
place. There's a proper name for it, which I can't bring to mind. So it looks like it's got that kind of vibe to it a little bit. Yeah, I wonder how it sounds where you're sitting because yeah. so much of the string is Underneath. below you. Well, yeah, uh, maybe we can't see, but you should probably have. Um, I would say the floor that he's sitting on should be slatted so you can get the full effect of the strings coming up underneath it, I think. That would be the only way to do it, personally. <laughs> but I'm digressing. So you're going to be buying this, Rich, then, do you think? Oh, sure. How much they got? How much they uh, want? <laughs> I think it's uh, 100, 120 bucks. I don't know how big the library is. 120 but... bucks, I'll be buying it uh, for lunch. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's the bucks. piano. What it is is the Clavin's Piano Model 370i. I don't know how much that would cost. A supersized instrument that delivers a sonic colossal spectrum. Uh, let me see. It's, uh, it's built into the wall of a room, effectively securing the soundboard over... Three meters high and weighing over two tons, it provides a soundboard that's roughly twice the size of a typical nine-foot concert grand piano soundboard. So that's why you get all this massive sound. I don't know how do you. I, I, I'm kind of curious how you get the pitch of the strings when you've got them so much bigger. I mean, they must. Be, are they, do they have to be super tensioned? Anyone know? Yeah, well, tighter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if that, ba- that if that baby went and you're sat over it, I mean, you know. You don't want to be in an earthquake zone right there. You, you're probably going to be wanting to wear it like a, a cup or something, aren't you? Just in case something like that happens. Castrato. Yeah. I don't like the sound of uh, what might happen there if, uh, you know, if the string went. Death by piano, yes. Yeah, does Diego know about this? Yeah, well, Diego actually, um, <laughs> he's the guy. Oh, no, he, no, Diego didn't tell me. He was the guy who uh, sent me a link on, on the background for the Moog uh doodle so yes but uh, i'm sure he will i know it's uh, i imagine playing an instrument i mean because playing a grand piano is pretty special but playing something like this would be awesome mm-hmm. dave do you want one do you, you i think you could probably just about fit one in that garage couldn't you yeah no I'm, I'm i was really kind of mixed feelings about this first of all i my immediate thought when i read about the original with the you know the real piano was that joke about you know a 12-inch pianist, <laughs> which we all know and love from the years of old. That was my first thought. And then I kind of thought, it's like it's like the ultimate piano for, maybe I should have it, for show-offs. It's like, oh, yeah, everyone around my house. It's not a normal piano. It's not even a grand piano. It's like one that I set up there, and then you lot kind of congregate down here, and I play to, and you bask in the resonance of my chopsticks playing or something like that i don't know it's weird i mean it did sound nice but that audio demos yeah i don't know stuff really don't do it for me listening i mean it i'm not saying it didn't sound great it did sound great but i have to play it there's a there's a there's this kind of interaction with anything piano based for me that has to happen and most of the time it doesn't so yeah i'd kind of i'd like to try it i really would it's but like Rich said, it's a really interesting hybrid sound. Yeah, I mean, it's very. It, it does remind me of a sort of classic kind of almost Abbey Road upright, but with about an extra fifty percent of oomph. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, somehow, you so, know, it sound. I mean, it, you can hear the sound of it being big, but again, I, I thought it would be just a bit odder. But maybe that's me. In fact, I'm looking back at the um, this picture again. It reminds me, I don't know if anyone's been to, there's a, I, I don't know where the financial district in New York is, but there was a bar. I remember going to a bar there once many years ago where there's a bloke above the front door on, in, on, uh, playing a grand piano in the cocktail. There. I guess, what's, what's, the, what's the name of that avenue that goes right down to the financial district? I can't remember. 
Well, there's a bunch of them, but that Broadway was, would be one of them. Yeah, it was a, maybe it was would Fifth be right? Well, there's oh, that. I don't know. Anyway, I'm 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 um, just all I'm actually going to do is to show just how terrible my geographical knowledge is. But it reminds me a little bit of that. Although he could be wearing, uh, I think really. F- he should be wearing white tails to be playing. You know what they need? They also need a trigger like, do you remember that film Big? If you go to FAO Schwartz in yeah. New York, that's what they need is an alternative control so that people on the ground can also join. You'd have two keyboards. That would be cool, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know, the guy at the top kind of showing off and then the people so you play duets. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. an interesting idea. Or maybe you just have somebody on the other side of it as well. So you can almost like, it'd be like Battleship. So you have two of them to get back to back. <laughs> Yes. Let's get really. I have no idea how much that thing must cost, but I'm guessing. Where, where is that thing anyway? Because that building looks kind of interesting in that the door is exactly the same height as the piano, which is kind of strange, isn't it? Um. Yeah. I I don't know actually where it is. To be perfectly honest, somebody's house, maybe Mr. Clavis, Mr. Clavin's house. Or maybe Although the that's not, not him playing it. But it does, it does almost look as if the door and the piano have been designed, like that whole room design and the piano has, that yeah. room's literally been designed around the piano. He obviously hasn't got any small children, that's for sure. I mean, think, yeah, if you think that it's 12 foot it. high as well, I've got a 20 foot shipping container in my back garden for putting my motorbikes in, and it's absolutely enormous. So to have that in the shipping container, you'd have to stand it on its end. Which would be uh, kind of a bit strange, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> I haven't got anywhere else I could put one. John Van Eaton in the chat room says, uh, in this sort of back-to-back uh, uh, chat, uh, battleship kind of style, uh, it's... Oh, I've got to try and find it now. Where is it? You sunk my A-flat minor. I like that. That's another oh. possible show title there, I think. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, you can buy it now. Uh, the... The Giant, it's just called The Giant. Um, and uh, yeah, 99 quid, uh, $119, uh, and it's yours. And apparently, it's got 40 patches. Uh, and um, it was sampled by Uli Baranowski from Galaxy Instruments, by the way, who does a lot of uh, pretty um, good stuff. But it also got made me thinking, what else could you make so massive and then make a sample instrument? It almost we're kind of getting we get into this situation where we sort of almost get genetically modified real world things that we build one of and then sample so that we don't have to kind of uh, have to fit them in our room. I mean, you know, like the sort of 19 foot long bass guitar or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, there must be other things that uh, instruments that could benefit from supersizing. Although the piano does really is the most extravagant uh, aspect of that, I suppose. Anyone? Drums. Drums. <laughs> Giant drums. Yeah, big that's a good drums. Idea. Yeah, no, that's a good... Uh, orchestral bass drums that are so big that they just kind of go down to theta waves. Well, I know it's a joke, but it's been done. Taiko drums. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's been, you know, they have a whole library of that sort of thing for film scoring and such, and they are thunderous yeah no, these they things sound amazing. they're just really i know but you impressive. do they, they, they are responsible for it's like all of those really crummy um reality to not reality tv police car action crime scene investigation where every single cut is accompanied by a and it's like and then the postman arrived it's just kind of yeah, it's just it's a whole genre of, of music all you have to do is just got a massive Tycho, a tycho drum on it and it'll be fine for anything i 
I heard a really interesting thing, uh, weirdly enough, at Hans Zimmer's studio. They were trying to record a load of Tyco drums, and for some reason they couldn't get the enormity of it. And I believe the solution was to uh, trigger a modular with a, with big, deep bass notes, like, you know, very kind of low in the mix, but... Um, and then with kind of layer them with LFOs and stuff like that. So you just got this kind of air movement feeling from this. <laughs> just put, what you're going to do is just put Drummagog on it and re-trigger it and replace it with a Tyco drum sample <laughs> rather than the Yeah, yeah, which is really tiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just looks big. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, we used, we used to use the Hewlett-Packard uh, signal generator. Ah, the, 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 the one of uh, Hollow Sun... Well, no, I mean, when I had a Synclavier back in the day and was working with Nile, I would we had a Hewlett-Packard signal generator, and I'd take a tone at about 60 hertz and lay it as a sample and find the pitch that supported the kick drum the best and uh, mm. duck that in a little bit. Force it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's the, uh, and the, another trick uh, which you could do now is if you put a high-pass filter across it with a lot of uh, super resonance, you can really peak out the fundamental and just bring that right up, although it has to be sort of there in the first place. But if you've got a decent high-pass filter and just really resonate it, you can get some absolutely monstrous kick drums. In fact, that's kind of how the uh, the little lad's voice of God works. Um, plug-in that, uh, you, well, it's a piece of hardware and the universal audio plug-in that you can do. You sort of tune it up and then bring the... And it really, I mean, it does more than that, obviously, but it's a great sounding. I, it is. I've been using it lately. Have you it's really? It's really cool. It does. I, did, I was surprised at how cool it is. It is. I mean, it's it's not actually uh, that different to, to to that technique, but it, in principle, but it does more. It tracks it, doesn't it? It's got some clever stuff going on as well. I don't know, but it it will re. It, it's. I think it's just a very very t finely tunable equalizer, low frequency equalizer. That's how I view it, anyway. Right. And um, it does a really nice thing. I've just realized what the time is. My goodness, it's time that I uh, said thank you to our show sponsors. And I will just uh, hit the ad and hopefully it will start playing. But the thing is about this ad, and I now have, I, I think I... I think I said last week, uh, thanks to our show sponsors, anyway, uh, Yamaha, they uh, would like to draw your attention to the O1V96i, which uh, I generally read the bullet points off the advert um, and you know, and that's it. But I've got one here and I've been uh, working on a review of it the last couple of days and I have to say it's absolutely awesome. Absolutely packed with stuff. The, the thing that's very cool is the 16IO USB, which I just kind of glossed over. You just think, yeah, yeah, another audio interface. Um, the mic amps sound great. I ran the ribbon mic through it yesterday, and I had 60 dB of gain on the ribbon mic and another 10 dB of gain via like a really vicious compression just to sort of demonstrate how uh, how big it could be. And there was just no noise introduced at all. It was astonishing. The mic amps were really quiet, which is saying something for, for that level of gain, certainly with... Uh, that was using the Voodoo VR1, I think, which is quite a quiet mic anyway. But anyway, I just wanted to say, but the, the USB I.O. is also really cool because what that enables you to do is you could actually return 16 channels of audio from your door and if you're not using all of them, you can use inserts. You could, you could put an insert into a channel, which could also be a return channel. So you can send and return on another USB send and run a plug-in live across an input in the door. So you can kind of combine the internal VCM effects alongside VST effects in your own system. It's actually pretty flexible, and that's something I want to focus on a little bit when I do the review, because it 
that's the thing that really blew me away. Uh, as well as the fact you've got 40 mixing in it, uh, 40 uh, input channels, 32 mono, 4 stereo, 16 analog, 8 digital inputs, 8 IO, uh, up to 24-bit uh, 96K, uh, 8 auxes, 100mm motorized faders, 4-band uh, uh, parametric EQ, uh, Studio Manager V2 support, that's really cool actually because I did the, uh, you've got a graphical editor which makes it uh, look, certainly look very pretty and also gives you a much larger screen for kind of really getting in there and seeing what's going on. Uh, thoroughly recommend you check one out actually. If you go to one of the Yamaha Pulse stores in the UK, um, there's a lot of like a store within store, go and try one. Uh, have a listen to the way it sounds, it really does sound rather good. Or if in the US, one of the larger dealers, uh, Yamaha... O1V96I asks for that. And uh, if you want to uh, just go straight to the product page, we've created a bit.ly URL, which uh, if you're watching the video will be across the bottom of the screen. But if not, it's bit.ly slash 01V96I. So that's bit.ly slash 01V96I. And we thank Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. Um, right then, what's next? Let me uh, let's see. Um, oh, we did the Moog Doodle. Oh, the leap now. I know this was something that Mark was very excited about. So let's just go in with that and make sure I've got the right video to play. No, that's not it. It's this one. So if I can turn that up a bit. Now, again, this is, I'm going to talk over it and do an overlay just because um, I don't want to get busted for copyright infringement by Google, the Google copyright police. But as you can see, what's happening here, this is just gesture-controlled little widget that goes in front of your computer and gives you incredibly tight uh, gestural control by the looks of things. It says the uh, accuracy is... Where is it? It's 200 times more accurate than anything else on the market. Contract movement to one hundredth of a millimetre, which is pretty astonishing. And obviously you're seeing sort of gaming applications here, and there's going to be, uh, you know, there looks like there's sort of 3D modelling or what have you. But musically, this could be pretty interesting as well. Now, Mark, you were the one who was most excited about it, so I think you should go first. Uh, by the way, it's, it's, it's going to be about 70 bucks available later this year. That was the bit. That was the bit that really got me. What, the 70 bucks um, bit? I showed it to my partner, Gina, who's obviously into technology. She works for an uh, outsourcing technical company um, and is into like computing and all that sort of stuff. And I showed it to her and I said, so go on then, when do you think that's going to be available and how much do you think it will cost? And she said, oh, I don't know, maybe six months and it will probably cost $1,000. And I went, actually, it's going to be available. Yeah, six months is about right, but it's going to be 70 bucks." And she couldn't believe it. Well, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just, I'm going to have to buy that. It's just... But sure, um, I mean, I why, would, why would you think it'd be so expensive? I mean, you look at the, the Connect and all of that sort of technology. I mean, I know you get economies maybe, of scale, sorry, but... Maybe I'm just getting old. Because <laughs> it's know. like magic. Like, <laughs> it is really like magic. It just looked really, really clever. I mean, that's the one thing that's really missing from computing, being able to get in there and just grab stuff and move it about. And... And you can kind of, I can do it on my iPhone, obviously, up to an extent, but not to that extent. And I, it makes me wonder how much back end they'll have to write into the software before I can yeah. just literally stick my fingers on all the faders and move them all at the same time. Um, but it won't be long, will it? I mean, as soon as that thing is available, people will start uh, finding ways of utilizing it, I'm sure. So 
It looks and like one of those things that's designed to be um, bought by Apple, doesn't it? It just yeah. looks like one of those things that Apple will just go, yeah, we'll have that, and we'll put it in all our you know, stuff. Uh, if they haven't already got something along those lines, I don't know. Well, I noticed it was an Apple monitor in the video, and then Gina said that she'd seen something like that before and that they were trying to get funding from Apple. So I reckon that um, if Apple have contributed towards the development, which they may well have done in exchange for some this, that, and the other, that it might sort of turn up in their software first. Who knows? Yeah, well, I, I mean, but that, again, again, I suppose the thing about all of that stuff, I mean, it's all well and good doing this, but I couldn't stand here all day with my arm outstretched like this, kind of trying to do stuff. I mean, I'd get knackered. Rich has, has holding his finger up like that. I, I'm sensing you might be agreeing with me, Rich. That's the point. There's... The other side. Yes, it's fascinating, and I would want to get one, and I'd love to try it, and it looked it intrigued me. But given the amount of time you spend at a computer in a day, chances are, I'm not sure you want to wave your arms. There's something have to be said that? for have resting. Have you tried that exercise about standing there like this for you know however many times? Isn't that one of the torture things they do in prison camps? For rest, resting I do a Tai Chi exercise, which involves holding your hands and waving them around for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's not all day, is it? Mm. Uh, sorry, Rich, carry no, it's, on. Well, it's just sort of the opposite of ergonomics on some level. <laughs> but yet, I'm intrigued by it. In other words, we developed this whole vision of what ergonomics is and how to accommodate the way your arms fall in a comfortable manner so that you're not straining anything and gaining problems in your arms by operating these mousy, trackball-y things that we typically use, trackpad-y things. Um and mind you, I'm intrigued by this thing, and I can't wait to try it out. But I just wonder if anybody wants to use this thing all day long. I think it might be best applied on a task-specific mm. basis. Presentations, gaming, you could see. I'm not sure exactly which tasks yet. And I'm not sure it wouldn't be best for running the things I run. But it just seems to me that if I spend, like, a few hours, which I do, I confess at this computer or at some computer in a given day that waving my arms around for that entire time in order to operate the thing rather than resting them nice and comfortably on this table and operating them the way I do now, I'm not so sure. But they may, as, as um, uh, who said, somebody in the chat room, so, uh, as you had said in the chat room, you know, isn't it good that we would be, uh, that, that we should actually get more exercise sitting behind the computer? And that's a fair point. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, but maybe. Some... And yeah, I could see that too. <laughs> I am intrigued by it, but I just think that something to be said for resting your arms as you're working. Actually, there's one thing I was uh, watching uh, something on the Twit Network recently, and they had, uh, they were interviewing a Google engineer who had uh, lost loads of weight and they asked him how he'd done it and he said what he did is he just got his laptop and he put it he got a, a walking machine and he mounted it on the walking machine so the whole time he was just surfing or whatever he was just exercising so that you know there's, there's, there's something to be said for that i guess i mean i need one of those yeah i was wondering about that except i probably fit one in this room but i couldn't get it in my house for sure my house is way too small dave spears it's got to be something you isn't this isn't this something you need <laughs> In your life? Probably, probably, but I had kind of mixed feelings on this. When I saw the video, I was like, can we do without these videos that just, like, don't actually give you any information at all and just purport to be purveyors <laughs> of magic? 
Because we all know that when we get it, it's never really magic, is it? It's so that was quite the grumpy work, yeah. git. It's like the uh, X-ray okay, spec glasses or sea monkeys, isn't it? It's not yeah, quite... Yeah, 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 and I bought all of that. <laughs> Beautiful. I believed in all of it. And there was this kind of, okay, it's a box, and, oh, it's like a Kinect. Oh, but then you can draw really minuscule things, and then it's like, just tell me what it is. I've got so much going on. Don't tease me with these tantalising glimpses of what life could be. Tell me the truth. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> yeah, where's my jetpack while I'm on the subject? I know, I know, yeah, I want it delivered in a flying car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is all this stuff? Yeah, Instead, I know what you mean. I've got there a room is... full of stuff from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I just, I'm so pleased that you were able to exercise your curmudgeonly muscle there to such a fabulous. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fabulous degree. Great. You out curmudgeoned, um, well, certainly many others, many others have, have, have done that. But it, it's, it's quite a, um, it's an interesting idea and it might well work. But yeah, it's a, it reminds me on that subject. It reminds me of those kind of when you look at IKEA catalogs and you think, oh, that looks good. And then you study it and you think, actually, that's totally impractical. That wouldn't go there yeah, but at yeah. all. And how do you put that there? That doesn't work. And you look at the stuff and you just think, actually, that is a complete waste of money because it won't do, it won't fit in any normal room. It only fits in one that's kind of three feet wide and has got, a, 12, and has a only got three tall. walls. <laughs> got to be 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. foot tall, your room as well. Uh, oh, yeah, so, so you can get the piano in, you mean? <laughs> actually, maybe Ikea should do some sort of uh, furniture to go along with the piano. Yeah. Excellent. What could they call it? They have some really rather brilliant names there that uh, are slightly smutty, but uh, because they've got a K in them, they're not quite as rude as they should be. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're getting way off topic there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, that's called uh, The Leap. And I want to say thank you very much to uh, that was for our Facebook uh, comments. Paul Collins uh, sent that in because um, I put I was feeling a little bit under under pressure yesterday and I thought I can't think of anything. So I asked people on Facebook to uh, to come up with some ideas. And that was one of the ones that came up. It's called The Leap Motion. Uh, and it's going to be uh, it's a rectangular box, roughly the width of a laptop trackpad. It connects to the PC through a USB cable and detects motion within four cubic feet and will be approximately seventy pounds. And I think it's on. Is it a? F oh no, it's not a, a, a not a Kickstarter thing. It's an actual thing. Um, oh, there was one other thing that that came up, which actually wasn't really. Uh, there's not much substance to it. And I haven't got a video or anything, but it was something that was posted on um, Synthtopia. Uh, it's open mic session. He t sometimes does these, and it's just kind of what should Korg build next? Because uh, uh, obviously they're built. They, they seem to be one of the few manufacturers uh, who build stuff on you know mass production manufacturers who build stuff that is in some way innovative. Although I can't help but feel that there's a few things missing. You know, it's like they should build next maybe a wave drum with MIDI or maybe, you know, MIDI on a few th of these things. But I just wondered whether or not anybody had any ideas. And Dave, you look like you're nodding your head, which means you get in the firing line first. Oh, no, I was referring to the wave drum with MIDI. Yeah, finish stuff off before starting. Anyway, hey, who can... Well, the, actually, the, way, the, the thing is, I, I did have... Uh, some philosophical discussions or have had various philosophical discussions with the people at Korg about this very topic, you know, about why not put MIDI on some things. Cause I mean, what you got to lose and it was just, it, it, they're really quite adamant. That's, you know, it's, that's not what it's about, but also the thing about the wave drum is the resolution of the data is so massively high that MIDI would just not, 
do it in any justice. There's just too much stuff going on, too many zones and the pressure and all. It's just it's and the too many levels of velocity. It just can't be done um, yeah. through standard bandwidth, all through the standard channels without innovating some kind of extra standard. So I suppose I can I can uh, dig that. But is there anything I'd else? Like, that, sorry. Yeah, I'd like a PS three thousand three hundred, please reissue limited edition of one of which was donated to me. The Korg PS3300, that's the fully polyphonic um, synthesizer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think it was about 40 made. Yeah, I know Will's got a PS3100, but I've never yeah. heard it working. Oh, lame. Um, but it, <laughs> I don't know whether it does or whether it needs fixing. I can't tell you that. I know, Mark, I suspect you might have an idea what uh, Korg, or perhaps anybody, should be making um, next that they're not already. I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> Actually. <laughs> Good for you. So the topic's perfect. Um, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want a different version of the Match EQ. So you know that you can put one track into an EQ and kind of get a sonic footprint from it yeah. and then play it out with another sonic footprint on it and make one track sound like another track, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a long-winded and boring process to do, Okay. I want a plugin which has a whole load of um, sonic stamps from all my favorite records already in it. And then when it listens to the music coming in, I want it to listen to the music coming in and to sample the sonic footprint of the music coming in in real time and to change the sound of my track to the sound of the other track in real time. And then I guess if Korg are making it, it could have like one of those XY pads on it and I could have four different EQs. <laughs> but no MIDI. And I could go, what does it sound like when it sounds like Pretty Vacant? And what does it sound like over here as like, um, I don't know, ABBA? And what's it like, you know, I could have, I could swing around between those different EQs and kind of like move from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to the noughties. Like That's that. an interesting <laughs> idea. I, I mean, I guess the only problem with those match EQs is that EQ and dynamic processing do not the sound of a track make on the uh, the final thing because i mean you've got various different right. levels of compression and ratios and stuff going on sort of within individual components before it gets to that sort of shaping so you have to be pretty close in the first place surely for that to actually work or uh, didn't we didn't we talk about wasn't there some sort of april fools thing we talked about way back in like the the early podcasts you know we we're talking maybe the first 20 of the idea that you just fed in stems and then it would work on the stems and then put them together in more in a style so you had more granularity to it or am i imagining that i probably am i'm um not sure i did think of another can i yeah yeah no, do, let's have today. another one okay so i want another piece of software this piece of software works a little bit like melodyne and what it does is it analyzes all the notes in your vocal line so it goes through the whole vocal and it picks out that's an a that's a b that's a c and then it puts them in chronological order but it doesn't change the timing of them in relation to the beat on the bar. So instead of it going, um, I don't know, I can't think of a song now. I mean, it would, uh, I can only think of things in chronological order. So, I mean, so you've got something going, have you had a nice, it would go like, have nice had you. Ah, so it would secret, right. So it would resequence all of the things. So it would just go la 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 la, but it would keep the timings of the original. Th- I've gone mad. No, I? no, I, I think I understand what you're saying. But my next question would be: Why on earth would you want that? 
because I can hear it in my head and I think it might sound interesting. <laughs> I tell you what, I think that's good enough for a, for a DSP team to spend at least a year coding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or more. Rich Hilton, well, it looks like you're about to speak then. I'm just going to try and see if I can get you up on the screen because at the moment this, this is I'm wrestling with some terrible switching. There you are, Rich. You know what? I'm all yours. Well, no, I mean, for Korg, I, I, relative, what Mark just described, you can do by hand, but it takes a long time. And yeah. to develop something that would do it for you, yeah, that would be cool. I like that. Well, if it's converted um, into MIDI, it would be quick, I suppose. Any, anyway, yeah, carry on. Sorry. And adding MIDI to devices, that also makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, I said something about a Thunderbolt wave drum. If they won't, Ooh, if they won't spit idea. it out MIDI, why don't they spit it out something that can handle all of their data? And then just translate um, it. Yeah. And create a software interface for it on the other end. Mm. Um, for me, what could they make? They could make a keyboard that I'm dying to play on the road with all of the great string articulations that I need in a small-sounding string section that's absolutely believable and wonderful to play. Is that a keyboard or a sample library? It's something that would be widely available throughout the world, easily obtainable. Everybody would have oh, I the see. Same. Yeah, sorry. Some, some it wouldn't require just... any expansion packs or any such thing like that. Just no matter where you went, you could get one of these things and it would do that. Uh, I see what you're saying, yes. So when you're on the road and you don't have to take it with you, you just kind of go, yeah, I'll have that, and it's, the, it's consistency. Yes, I understand what you're saying now. Sorry, I misunderstood. That's an interesting thought. Um, again, you know, I think my only, my only real... Um, I didn't have much time to think about this myself, but I, I, in fact, I, it's a shame we didn't have Gaz here this week because I know that he's full of these kind of crazy ideas for stuff. And one of his was a brilliant one, actually, which, in fact, we think might be able to pull it off. Using, um, with the Apogee mic, you can, leave, you can leave it plugged in. So say, for instance, you've got uh, mics around the room plugged into your iPads, then you can control those. You could, using the new GarageBand Jam Session feature you can effectively record a multi-track drum track via these remote microphones that are plugged into iPads somewhere else over Wi-Fi that, that GarageBand will then collect into the master session. So effectively, you have control over these remote microphones. That was one idea, which I think might be possible. We're trying to figure out how we can actually get that to happen. But I can't, I'm sure there's a number of other ones. But apart from that, mine about as good as I could get was um, MIDI. In fact, a lot of the, uh, the Chaosolator Pro has got MIDI, it just doesn't respond to MIDI note. They decided to map notes to controllers, which for some bizarre reason, I don't know why that is. So so I think when I did the unboxing of the Chaos Letter Pro, I figured out how to do it so that if you played a note in, it would send the right MIDI value out and play. So you could actually play the sounds on it, which meant you could use it for meaningful musical phrases rather than sort of stubby-fingered kind of slipping, sliding approximations, which is what it... Uh, what it got, even though it's a great product, it could have been improved with a little bit of firmware update. I don't know. You've you've given me another idea. Sorry. Go, Mark. Go. So you have a 5.1 surround system um, that goes with your iPads dotted all around the room with different microphones, and when you record into your iPad with all of your uh, information about uh, it, when it records all the information, you tell it where all the microphones are in your 5.1 field. And then the software works out uh, how where to, image to put them. those sounds, how to image it, and the end user with their 5.1 system in their home tells you, I'm sitting here, 
and that speaker's over there at that many degrees and this speaker's over here at this many degrees and this distance and the software just interpolates the space to fit the listening space. So you get, so you make recordings in like this, you know, with lots of remote microphones in the space and then the remote microphones get kind of, you know, pulled in. Well, that's it, really interesting. I mean, you could, you, could take that, you could take that even further, couldn't you? Say, for instance, you mic'd up a drum kit yeah. and you just said, here are where all the mics are. Can you just make me a true stereo image of how that is, rather than you having to tinker with it? I mean, I, yeah, because I always get make it real for me. Yeah, yeah. Can you just make this real from what I've just recorded? And this is that you know these, these are where all those microphones are. For, for those of us want... who haven't got that much experience in recording multi microphone drum kits. Hmm. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Okay. I thought you could I, I thought go. It... go, Mark. Oh, I'm not getting you. You're you're gesticulating, but I'm not. Gone, Mark. Mark's gone. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, maybe he can um, rejoin us. I think I suspect that what is about to happen is uh, he will be back with us. That's the picture. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's some there's some cool ideas there. And in fact, um, let's have a look. Uh, who was it who said that we should get together? Uh, hold on. Uh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I'll go and get Mark here. Hello. Hey, Mark. I got overexcited and I've, I, I, it's blown the computer up. <laughs> you're going, you're going. <laughs> all... I don't know how much of that you got. But I didn't get any of it, actually, because I saw you gesticulating oh, and then uh, and then I was talking over you because I didn't think you were talking. I thought maybe your video was hugely delayed. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I... You know what? That one's lost in the ether. Oh, that's a shame. Um, your your audio's gone a bit crunchy again. It's done that thing that it did last week, which just sort of reduced itself to a, a sort of one-bit representation of you. Um, but we can see your rather fetching blue jacket there in the uh, Sphere Studios. Um, let me see. What else was there that we could have a look at? Actually, that was the one thing. There was another question um, that came up. Uh, you were talking about wave drum uh, having Thunderbolt on a wave drum, Rich. And that, that sort of tied into one of the co- topics that I'd thought of, uh, which was, so Thunderbolt then, you know, there's a new, there are a couple more um, uh, motherboards coming out from PC manufacturers um, that are uh, motherboard-enabled, the Asus and MSI. Um but there seems to be a bit of a dearth of peripherals. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a couple of monitors and a, and a bit of storage. But I, uh, does it normally take this long <laughs> to, to get stuff? I mean, we're talking probably at least a year, aren't we? Have you seen anything cool in the Thunderbolt area, Mr. Rich? Yes, I have, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, really? And I'm looking forward to seeing one working in the flesh, but apparently... The company called Magma that is known for their two thousand dollar boxes of air um, <laughs> is now about to release a one thousand dollar box of air <laughs> that has uh, three slots in it and connects via Thunderbolt to your computer. Even an iMac will run PCI cards in this device. Oh, now that is So for those of you who are believing or dreading or wondering if the Mac Pro is a thing of the past, if you're right, this is the path forward, perhaps, which mm-hmm. is a Thunderbolt chassis holding your PCI cards. 
That is interesting. I've never um, used um, uh, the magma stuff. I mean, I, I know people have, and I'm sure it works. Oh, yeah, but I thought it was very. Spe- <laughs> I thought it was very specific to the Pro Tools stuff. I'm not sure. Whether- I'm like Pacino in Godfather Three. Every time I get out, they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> it's, uh, I keep buying and selling these expenses, expensive boxes full of air, and now I'm about uh, to do it again. Ah, uh, what? To hook it up to. Well, no, I don't know. It's just you... I don't know. I've been waiting now six months for Apple to put a Mac Pro on the market that isn't two years old for five grand, and yeah. uh, they've yet to do so. And I just I'm really wondering what the path forward is for me and my three cards at this yeah. point, and if it's going to be another Mac Pro or if it's going to be this glorious 27 inch iMac i7 that's sitting in front of me right now here at home they do with a Thunderbolt that. chassis hanging off the back of the thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Actually, uh, in the ch- like in the chat room, um, Puckatronic says, "Don't forget the UAD Apollo." Now that is a good point. Although that, that has a Thunderbolt product. option, I don't know if it's actually there yet. Is it? Don't know, but what a great looking product that yeah, thing! And I, everybody who I've read talking about it who has one is just gushing. Really? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, the option is available this summer, apparently. So it's not. So again, you know, I mean, it's coming, but it's there must be there must be something about it that requires an enormous amount of tinkering and getting right. Because I mean, if you announce something, you know, it, it seems like there's quite a lot of uh, lead time between all of these things. Although I suppose this was only announced in January; it's not that long. But it just feels like you know, how long does it take for the re- when? When does the rest of the cool stuff stop showing up? I mean, is it an expensive license? I mean, I don't know. I wonder why it's it's pro- or is it prohibitively expensive to to uh, develop for? Because, I mean, USB, there's tons of this stuff out there, isn't there? Is it because it's too new? I know. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, well, USB's oh. been around for 15 years. Well, that's true. Take. USB 3 a hasn't few. taken off, I suppose, so much. I mean, there's a few of it, a few things no, now. But I mean, that connector <laughs> yeah, has well, been around that's... for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. And true. people have been developing all kinds of stuff for it. And in, in the beginning, you'll recall, they promised all kinds of stuff. Like, basically, in the beginning, you hooked up your keyboard and your mouse to it, and that was the end of it. And they promised you it was going to do this and it was going to do that. And you were going to hook a hard drive up to it. And you said, what? I'm going to hook up a hard drive to the same port that has my keyboard and mouse. And the next week you were doing it. And, you know, it's Thunderbolt uh, apparently, you know, could be a very, very good solution. Uh, in that article that you cited with the, about the motherboards for PC with Thunderbolt on them, they were talking about how uh, Sony attempted a different standard for connectivity oh, with Thunderbolt standard. <laughs> Oh, God. Just what we need. Yeah. So we'll have Betamax Thunderbolt. Oh, man. <laughs> Just what we need. Brilliant. Thundermax. Thund- Thundermax. <laughs> Beta Bolt. Yeah. Dave. Hasn't that kind of... Oh, sorry. Have you seen no, anything? No, no, no. Go we... ahead, Mark. It doesn't... No, I was I just going to say, hasn't that kind of happened with the Intel processor as well? Isn't the Intel processor a bit Betamax? Because what's happened to all, to all those fabulous like Motorola processors that we used to have. You know, if Apple have dropped them, then what's happened to all those processors? Mm. They've gone into mobile phones, probably. I mean, clavier keyboards still have Motorola processors, don't they? Or have they gone into them as well now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Didn't um, all the Pro Tool stuff used to have Motorola's in, didn't it? Yeah. It's just like Motorola being kind of like just, you know, side-swiped now, and we're just everything's Intel, right? Which yeah. Did I see this? Good or a bad thing, but I just think it's nice for there to be competition in the marketplace. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I saw this morning that Motorola had been bought up by Google. Is that right? 
uh really <laughs> i thought i saw something about that Let yeah there's probably it's probably turned out the motorola is now worth kind of you know seven million dollars or something isn't it it's just the, the these sort of bizarre valuations that we cut that come out let's have a look um motorola uh yes google completes motorola deal wow. 19 hours ago good wow. lord Facts about Google's acquisition of Motorola on google.com slash press slash Motorola. There you go. That's That's mobile, though, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, maybe that is mobile, yeah. Yeah. Is there there Motorola away from mobile? It's Motorola Mobility. Motorola Mobility sounds like... That's like those scooters. Yeah, it's like things that old people ride around town, or they're gonna, what they're actually going to be doing is they're, yeah, they're going to start making stair lifts. Yeah, that's why it wasn't used for Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt's much faster than a motorola. Yeah. Thunderbolt stair, stair lift will get you to the first floor much quicker than the uh, USB. <laughs> oh man, things are going downhill. That's a great idea, though. Well, you have to, you know, you do have to adapt and uh, go with the flow. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's what's going to be happening in uh, in the world of. I, I know that's obviously we're being flippant. I'm sure Motorola is a is not. And of a, course, and of course, you know, Korg are going to be listening to this podcast as well. Maybe so. I mean, I, th- I think it's fair to say that we're we're you know I. I I wouldn't call us the voice of authority or something that you would want to base stock market uh, valuations on, to be honest. Cool. Why would Korg be worried about us? I'll tell you, Korg have really got it going on. For the last couple of years, those guys have been absolutely on the case as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would. Really to cool gizmos. Uh, in fact, uh, we did. In fact, if, if you're quick, uh, we've still got the competition running till next Tuesday um, of the uh, Chaosolator 2. Uh, which I reviewed. Um, if you go and like us on Facebook, uh, which seemed to work quite well, I must say, you, you, you'll you be entered for the draw and we'll send you our review unit uh, with a four gig flashcard in it. There you go. Just thought Ooh. I'd mention it if anyone wants to. So you just go to facebook.com forward slash, I can't, I think it's www.sonicstate is our uh, Facebook handle. I can't honestly remember. That's how terribly rubbish I am at uh, social media. But anyway, sorry about that. That's, uh, that was a sort of, half-hearted promotion there that's probably going to do more harm than good because <laughs> it will be confusing. Um, I think that's probably taken us to a, a place where we could stop because uh, I've got... Um, I want to get out in the sun while the sun's still shining and I'm sure you guys want to get on with your your lives outside of being stuck to a computer when the sun is shining and there's all those things happening. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. I want to say also thank you to our sponsor, Yamaha... Uh, check out the ONV 96i and uh, we'll have a review coming for that fairly soon. I'm working on that as we speak. So I want to say thank you first. We'll say uh, thanks to Dave Spears from G4 Software. I'll give him a little uh, lower third there. Thank you very much for joining us and coming thank in you. such short notice. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, and I nearly, I nearly saw Gaz last week. I wasn't here and I nearly saw Gaz, but I didn't in the end. <laughs> there you Paris. go, climate. <laughs> yeah, I went to Paris and I texted him saying, are you around? And he called me and he said, oh, it'd be amazing to meet, but I can't. I'm in rehearsals. It's like one of the big rehearsals. Oh, so, uh, yeah, they, well, Gaz, they... I'd just like to say, Sodger. <laughs> well, actually, I spoke. I spoke to Gaz um, a couple of days ago, and he managed to talk the Popia Press office into supplying him with a camera crew and an edit facility, and they've shot wow. us a tech tour of the whole thing yes. in, in soup. You know, it's like, and it's, oh, it's wow. running at about twenty minutes. He said. 
and uh, right. and they, they he said you know I was going to do it on my phone but they said they supply so they they supplied a camera person and they've all edited it all up so we're going to have a full HD kind of this is what we're doing tech tour uh, as soon as I get hold of it so that's going to be pretty cool um, anyway thanks great. very much Dave. Uh, and no, also, you. we'll say thank you to Mark Tinley, likebeing.com. Thank you also for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, again, much You're fun. very welcome. Yeah, excellent fun. You're going to have to give me a little green light that tells me when to speak, though, because I sometimes talk over people and I apologise for doing that. Well, that's that. all right. I think what would be more, what we need to do is figure out how to make your um, system last for more than 20 minutes without disintegrating. I don't know into... what's going on. I've, I've, I quit everything. I'm on Windows XP, by the way, having said how brilliant that was before we started. Ah. But I've put everything in. Skype is like hammering the CPU. It's right at the top of the CPU, and it just seems... I've, I've got Windows Task Manager open in Skype with the video really tiny, and the memory usage in the CPU are just through the roof. So it, it's never done that before. I so think the I'd... thing is most Skype conversations are not multi-way and not, uh, so it's just memory leak, I think. I mean, it's, we're having the same thing. Any video on Windows is just, well, you know, I don't want to get into it or into a threat slang match, but now I've got to go and re rebuild my Windows partition because our video... Well, if anybody's, um, I want a MacBook Pro, but I want one that looks like this. Yeah. I, well, actually, this is probably a completely pointless exercise because... My video doesn't work, but the one with the silver keys, because I've got a PowerBook G4, and I like the MacBook Pro that looks like that. I've got one of those. If anyone's got one for sale, and that they no longer... Well, then maybe we should talk afterwards. Well, no, it's, it's not for sale. Um, we've got one of those that, that's with Rich, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> one of our intrepid reporters. That's a perk of his job. He gets a three-year-old laptop. Um, uh, or maybe older even now. I think mine may, maybe he's getting older, yeah. But anyway, Mark, thank you very much for joining you, uh, joining me. And maybe you know there'll be some kind philanthropist out there who'll uh, hear your plea and uh, be able to do you a trade for something. Who know? Who knows? Uh, okay, and uh, we now say thank you very much to Rich Hilton for joining us too. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you aboard as ever. Um, and and good to see you back from your travels. Are you around for a bit, or are you off uh, again soon? I'm around for a bit. Uh, we'll go to the UK on the 7th of June. Ah, okay. Excellent. Well, maybe, well, I don't know. We're, we're, I don't know if there's any opportunity for us to hook up. We'll have to see. Are, is your schedule pretty busy? Well, there's all of that. There's busy. There's the opportunity. Not that weekend. That weekend starts in Manchester and moves along to Loch Ness. <laughs> wow. Oh. We're playing the Loch do you have um, to get some kind of T-shirt from Loch Ness, don't you, or some uh, some Loch Ness monster fudge or something like that? <laughs> Loch Ness monster fudge. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, there's, uh, there's another so, show title the, right there. Actually, I think it's the following weekend, like the seventeenth or something. We're playing a, a, a festival in London. Anyway, we're doing a whole bunch of festivals in the UK across July. So, oh, brilliant. Um, well, maybe we'll get to see you. Um, yeah. If, and we can't fail to, uh, to to just a quick mention. Obviously, this week's seen, or the, you know, the, the the last seven days has seen uh, the loss of a couple of real major musical forces. Donna Summer and obviously uh, Robin Gibb as well lost his battle with cancer. So big shame. Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown. Oh man, drop the bomb and all that. Yeah. Have we met? Have we mentioned Levon Helm lately? Yeah. Oh, it's just the, I think it's the change in the weather. But I wanted to play us out with a little bit of. Uh, Miss Donna Summer doing her thing. So uh, uh, respect um, and 
best wishes to all her family and friends and all the people that matter in her life. And uh, anyway, so that's it for Sonic Talk number 268. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and uh, we'll speak again next time. Thank you.